What's up, y'all? This episode of Fan Bro Show is brought to you by Orphan Black, the game. Before you join the Sestras for the final trip, the makers of Orphan Black want you to come play with us. Orphan Black, the game is on sale on March 24th in the iTunes store. That means it's on sale right now. So dive into the game and play as all the clones, including your boy Tony, while you puzzle your way through the extended Orphan Black universe. Visit OrphanBlack.com for more information or buy the game on the 24th, that means right now, in the iTunes store. Go get it, y'all. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan The show of the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Ben Hamid, a.k.a. Wakanda's favorite DJ, a.k.a. Grandmaster Flashpoint, a.k.a. Cool Hercules in New York, a.k.a. Africa Bamboozled, a.k.a. Arsenio Holodeck. Here in the spaceship tonight, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds, the multicultural maestros. And as always, I am joined by Satiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of the Tech, also known as the Ahura of the Spaceship, the Black Russian, the Black Rogue, Flex, Luthor, Colleen, Wingstop, Blackness, Everything, Chance, the Parappa, and Maz, Zarati, Kanata. <laughs> I'm at the brain back some of my older ones because you've been killing me lately because I've just been coming up with I've been killing you. Ones. No, you've been killing me because you've been coming up with some wild, crazy new shit. I love it. <laughs> But they're just so bad. But you No, know. those were hilarious. Those were great. <laughs> well, anyway, folks, this is Fan Bro Show. Like I said before, the voice of the Urban Geek. And we have another instant classic in the house tonight for y'all. Mm-mm-mm good. Thank you to all the new subscribers, all the new listeners, everybody out there on that SoundCloud, that iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube as well, because this episode will be up there. You'll be able to see the visuals. And speaking of visuals, boy, some news just dropped right before. Hot to the spaceship. Black Lightning from the upcoming CW show has been revealed. Full costume, everything. Okay, so you know that <laughs> I'm still learning about comics and these characters yep who is black lightning is he like virgil's older brother or something <laughs> no no black lightning is actually not related to static shock at all static oh. shock comes from milestone and came around in the late 90s and all my uh black lightning actually has been around since the 70s so oh wow yeah, no, he's a very old character. I mean, with a name like Black Lightning, you know he can come up anytime. <laughs> well, if it's a DC character, it doesn't matter how old he is. They're very unoriginal with the names always. <laughs> this is also Ape true. Man. <laughs> a man ape. Boomerang guy. Man ape actually is Marvel, though, and that's one of the greatest names No, I'm not ever. talking about that one, Lord Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Never. No, I know who that is, and we're not going to talk about that. Man ape always deserves a mention. Jesus. But yeah, Black Lightning has been revealed, and ah, uh, well, mm, I don't know. What do you think, Tatiana? Well, I did look at the link. Um, th- it looks cool to me. Like I, again, I don't have the background, so I don't have anything to pit it against or to do a contrast against. I've never read the comics. I've never seen a picture, maybe until now, and mm-hmm. just from uh 
just a walking in the door perspective, like what I see is not bad. Like I'm sure someone's going to say, oh, the costume's trash and it's not the right color. It's just, just like, what about when people who are into comics or into the culture, but don't know about it, they are not going to feel any type of way about it. Like it, it don't look, from what I see, it does not look trash. I'm going to say that right now. Like he looks like a legitimate superhero from this like very photoshopped CG looking pick. Mm-hmm. I like his mask. Like he look cool as shit to me. Is he has a all? It's like a midnight blue steel kind of thing going on. He has the stylized lightning symbol on his chest. He has some. I'm not sure what that is. Lightning drive going on in his stomach area, his solar plexus area. I'm not sure what's that. What's where that is? And, <laughs> he has I mean, lightning bolts pointed to his groin area. Basically, yeah, but. Listen, this is DC, so I expect the best from them always. Um, <laughs> I, he looks like a legitimate superhero to me, as far as what my in my head, what what a dope ass dark DC character should look like. He's getting his own show. Yes, Black Lightning is getting his own show. It, I think it's an hour long drama, though. It's not like it's to be a little darker than the other CW shows, and they've said so far that it's not going to be connected. To the rest of the why? Universe. Yeah, I don't know. I think you connected going, everything else. Why the fuck not? Yeah, I don't know why because it seems like they're going for a different, you know, feel to this one. Because Black Lightning is about a retired superhero who's come back out of retirement, and he has like two teenage daughters who, in the comics and in the Justice League <gasps> cartoon, so we're gonna see two young black girls. On yes, prime time. Yes, yes. And they, and they potentially become superheroes themselves. Yes. I, Yes, God, I'm with it. I want to say their names are Thunder and Lightning when they actually become superheroes. Are you serious right now? Yeah, they, they're in the um, they're in the what is it, Young Justice? They were featured a little bit in JLU, I think. In wow. the shorts on Young Justice, the little shorts they would have in between episodes, those they were always on there. That makes me super. Oh wait, let me back that up. I've seen them, but it was yes. someone. I've it was. Was it Young Justice style? I mean, they look like really small young girls, but I, yep. I have seen them before and I've seen the animation. Okay. It was yes. like a go looking animation. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Shorts. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. I've seen that. Oh, that shit is dope. I'm excited. Yeah. No, definitely. I'm excited. I, the costume, I'm not blown away by. He's had other looks in the comics that I liked, and I'm just. It's the name Black Lightning that still bugs me out, but you know. I mean, it is that's really is. not as bad as as what you mandate. Like it's just. <laughs> Why? They said it was some sort of budget thing, but I think it's because I complained that they're always pairing me up with a white super friend. Like I was gonna start super looting the minute they weren't watching. And you think I named myself Black Vulcan? Hell no! I used to go by Super Vote. Black Vulcan was Aquaman's idea, and I said, well, maybe we should just call you Whitefish. Black Lightning's like, okay, he's black and he controls lightning, electricity, great. Like, it's it's not really the hugest deal. I mean, I, she is the queen of everything, but Storm's name is Storm. So, yeah, yeah. And and don't come at me, because if you come at me on Twitter, I'm going to pop you. I'm just letting you know now. You got to be real. Like, I, some of the times, all of the... Sometimes it's not really necessary to try to come up with something so out and away from what the character is. I mean, Batman's yep. name is Batman. True. So, yeah, so, and it doesn't make him whack. It doesn't make Storm, obviously not doesn't make Storm or even Black Lightning whack. I just, I don't think it's a big deal. But he looks cool to me and I'm interested, especially to see the little girls. Oh my God, I'm so interested. 
Yeah, and there could be in this there could be a little older. There could be teenagers, I think. I think maybe that one works. is even in college, but yeah. It, I no, just yeah. I'm just particularly I know it's about him, but I'm particularly interested in seeing his daughters mm-hmm. because it is so needed to see black women and black girls as superheroes. You don't see that shit enough. And when you do see it, they're watered down to the ground. And it's, it pisses me off. To say the least. Speaking of Storm. Oh, oh. Um, yeah. You know. What was her line? What kill what does lightning do to a Yo, we're not oh. going that far back, yo. Look, like we're not <laughs> at least bring it up to um now <laughs> like where she just gets ignored for the whole thing. Like, <laughs> at sure least she ain't said no whack. I didn't even remember her saying no whack lines though. She didn't have Alexandra any. Sh- shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I need that thinking me right there. You can't have whack lines if you don't have any. <laughs> Ooh, that took me out. You're right. <laughs> All right. Uh, real quick, and some other big news this week. Both the Spider-Man Homecoming and the Justice League trailers both dropped. Marvel yep, yep. going head-to-head. There has been a little bit of a mini controversy a controversy about the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer being that... It, when I say controversy, I don't, I don't mean like whitewashing. <laughs> I mean like... Okay. People are saying that it's showing too much. In fact, oh, it pretty much shows the entire movie to a degree. I don't think it does, though. I'm hoping that it doesn't. And I've, and then I've heard people talking about that, and I was reading that there's been a lot of set pictures that haven't shown up in any of the trailers. Like Shocker sure. in a full costume they've shown, and he wasn't shown in that. I'm so sure I think there's, this might be up to the middle of the movie. I'm sure there's details about it, but I get it. Like This is why a lot of people... I was talking to Sean Baptiste from Adult Swim Video Games. Like, he has said it himself. He said stuff like this makes him not interested in the movie or, or less excited. Because the trailers, mm. even if it does, even there's a little bit more in the movie, like, detail-wise, if that really is the full synopsis of the movie in that trailer, then it's like, why bother? Because there's some stuff in that trailer that you saw, like, it was like things got resolved in the trailer. Yeah. Like <laughs> the fairy was breaking apart and you see how he puts it back together. And it's just like, well, don't need to see that scene. Like, and then how many times have you seen Spider-Man hold stuff together with his webs? Like do something, do a new gag. Like I, I get it when people say that because it is true. A lot of trailers just in the spirit of trying to hype everybody up, they give everything. And then there may be one or two things that aren't revealed I will say that, to your point, Ben, I think that there may be, besides de- little details, I think there may be something major in there that they are obviously keeping under wraps, mm-hmm. um, especially because this is like a special partnership with Marvel and then with Tony Stark being every goddamn where, I, I think there there's going to be a little bit of misdirection there as well, hopefully. Yeah, I think that they still are saving, like, whatever the bid set pieces for the third act. They, I don't think they've shown any of that. Like, I think that plane sequence that you see is probably somewhere still in the middle of the movie. Because he has to have a redemption of some sort yeah. with Tony Stark. It can't just be Tony showing up at the end like, good job, kid. You right, know? right. Yeah. I, I don't care where they, they, they pulled the clips from. It's just like, all right, as long as there's more to it than what I just saw. But also, mm-hmm. I realized besides the same clip over and over again that they keep playing of the lunchroom you still don't know anything about zendaya's character yeah and the trailer you know it barely showed anything about zendaya who's playing michelle and it definitely didn't play, show anything about laura harrier who's playing liz allen uh, other than it did show peter about to kiss liz which oh. is 
glorious because whichever way Peter goes in this movie, he's gonna, you know, he wins. <laughs> He wins. I mean, he wins. Winning. Whatever his love interest choice in this, he wins. Winning. So, you know, shout out to Tom Holland, boy. He is living the life right now. (laughs) (laughs) In all sorts of suits and whatnot. Also, also the Justice League trailer dropped. And curious enough, I apparently Cyborg's not a person. <laughs> like, this is so and so. This is so and so. And I don't know who that black guy is, but he's in the movie. Like he's a cyborg. Like everyone else, it's um yeah, Arthur so, Curry, the yeah, Aquaman, yeah, Barry Di- Allen, Diana. Fl- literally, Batman, Bruce Wayne. I think he named everybody. Yeah, he did. He yes. named every last hero on the Justice League. Like he he kind of named them and they did like a quick brief background on them or even just a quick brief scene. And then with Cyborg, I feel like they just showed him sort of and they didn't say a word about it. No, they Like, so- yeah, by the way, this dude is in here. And and never mind the fact that it even wasn't even like the live action part of the the real man. It was like the CG version of him. Which I'm a little nervous about that. They're going to lean too heavy on the CG aspect of Cyborg. Because the every time I see a trailer or the little clips here and there that jump out online, it's always like a CG version of him. It's never the actual person in costume. Well, uh, if you're worried about that, then... Uh, That's not I the think... only thing I'm worried about, but I am... I am because I, I love Cyborg. I want to fucking, I want to see, I want to see costuming. I want to see design. I want to see how they bring that to life. I understand certain parts of Cyborg that just can't be done in real life. I mean, if you want to show him using a mother box, that's not going to happen in real life. But damn, uh, give no, me something. I, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm saying if you're worried about that, I'm not even saying don't, don't worry about that. You no, know, like I, no, I get saying. you. That's not the only thing, though. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that Cyborg is going to be all CGI. So, (laughs) yeah, about that. But wait, you're saying 100%? (laughs) Like, there's no... I don't... I I haven't seen it yet, like you said, and I don't think so. I think, you know, most of the shots of him are going to be what we've seen, like CGI animation of the Cyborg body. Oh, I hope not. No, 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 no. I mean, even in the shots where he was standing still, that's what you were getting. Then he really isn't a real person. Great. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. not a real boy. Um, <laughs> yeah, as far as the rest of the trailer, I was like, awesome. it was, you know, it was, it was cool. I just, I've lost all faith in Zack Snyder. I just got to be honest. Like, there's just, I don't have it, you know. So I can't get hyped for this joint. Like, we're gonna be there, of course, but you know, you know, if you ask me over the two, which got me hype, even with Spider Man showing me so much, I was still so much more hype, mainly because. I know that they're going to handle the characters. Like, that's the problem with the Justice League trailer. It doesn't make me love any of them. It's like, you know, Arthur Curry, the Aquaman. I'm like, so? You know, I mean, he looks cool. Everything looks he cool. He good. What you talking about? I mean, you know. Jason Momoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little foreshadowing for you there, folks. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, you know, everything looks cool, but it just doesn't have you like i don't care you know but with the spider-man like i love his friendship with his homie you know i see liz allen i see zendaya you know i love tom holland so it's like it's working already that i want to feel for spider-man i mean they got 
My man is the villain, Michael Keaton. So it's like Bokeem Woodbine. It's got all these people who I know can act, and I know that they're going to take care of their character bits, too. That's what Marvel does, so. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, we'll see, though. You know, we'll be there for both, but right now, you know, Homecoming winning over the Justice League, definitely. I'm, I'm very concerned that they are not pushing Wonder Woman, like, forget, forget that. Ooh. Wonder Woman is coming up. Where the fuck Ooh. is her push? She coming down the pipe, and Mm. I see nothing except for that thing we saw last month. Mm. Where's your shit at? I mean, maybe they're saving that. You know, maybe they're saving for what? For what? For For why? Maybe they think people know about it already. Excuse. Okay. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like I say, it ain't just Snyder. I've lost faith in (sighs) over at DC. Y'all doing it wrong, son. Yeah, for real. But you know who isn't doing it wrong, Tatiana, is Fan Bros Show. Because, like I said, we got a mm, scorcher. And you already know what's coming after the break. But, you know, just chill out. Get ready. And we'll be right back. Hi, this is Marjorie Liu. And when I'm not bitching about Ex Machina the movie, I'm listening to Fan Bros. This is Ta-Nehisi Coates, and when I am not reading Wicked and Divine or Darth Vader or Velvet, I'm chilling with the fan bros. Hello, this is Lexi Alexander. When I'm not on Twitter or kicking people to the head, I'm listening to Fan Bro Show. Should I try it without an accent? It'll never happen. This is Daniel Jose Older. When I'm not writing best-selling ass novels, I'm listening to the fan bros. Hi, guys. It's Alfred Woodard. And when you are not skiing roller skating skateboarding punching people out you should be listening to fan bros the best people are okay gotta go love you love you bye-bye Welcome back, fan bros. I know you've been enjoying this episode, but we are about to turn it up here in the spaceship as we have been doing all through 2017. We have yet another amazing, incredible guest joining us tonight. A lot of you might know her as Marnie Michaels on the HBO hit series Girls, but of course, right now, a lot of you really know her. <laughs> From her role on the huge, I mean, gigantic film, Get Out, we have Allison Williams in the spaceship tonight. Hello. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Can we talk about when we met or are we going to talk about that later? Yeah, we can, we can do that right now. Yeah. Fan okay. bros, we were at the Get Out screening <laughs> and, you know, we this watched the movie. It's quickly becoming one of my favorite memories. <laughs> oh, wow. This, this is, I mean, this Thank is just you. doing no, it for me perfect. right now. But we were at the screening, and everyone's walking by. Jordan, Daniel, everybody comes by. And I am i think I was talking to Daniel, and I was like, hey, we were fan bros, Loudspeakers Network. And Allison stops me and is like, oh, I'm such a fan of that. I'm doing the worst impersonation of you. No, honestly, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Only dogs can hear me speak. It's so high-pitched. Yes, I stopped you, and your, I heard fan bros. You know, I mean, like, it's, I'm a podcast listener, so mm-hmm. it's for me, it's an audio experience. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, I'm sure that happens to you guys all the time. People hear your voice. And it was your voice combined with you yeah. saying the name of the podcast. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I freaked out because here's the thing. I have zero knowledge 
knowledge of any of the stuff you talk about. <laughs> My hope is that by listening to the podcast, I'll absorb all of the culture and all of like, I will be able to speak with any kind of wisdom about comic books or anything right. mm. but I or even superhero movies or just franchises mm -hmm. like I know nothing anything <laughs> I learned has come from you guys but why I love the show is the banter and the people you talk to and the conversations you have are so good even if you are an idiot like I am and you don't know anything about what you're actually talking about like that's why I love the show it's a real exercise in like just people are smart and have good conversations doesn't really matter what they're talking about you can still learn shit from it so thank you Allison I was, gets it I, I yes. was so excited to meet you you did not believe me not for a for second a second and I no, get no. it listen I get it I'm sure people talk to you all the time and say I love the show and I'm sure they do not look like I do However, no, we've met all. We met. That's what I was going to say. We met a couple from Kansas have... one time who okay, I would have had even more. no, and they were that's like, they stopped shit. us in the street and were like, "Yo, fan bros." That's amazing. And they're like, mm -hmm. "Our geekdom brings us together." Well, so what I was going to say is, why were you so surprised? <laughs> because, <laughs> because was it of, just all of this that surprised if you? If someone had told me that four years ago, Marnie would be like, "Hey, you're, you know, I love your show," I would be like, "Well, Marnie <laughs> definitely doesn't know what this show is. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> she doesn't even know any." <laughs> no. She doesn't even know, like, she she doesn't know anything. <laughs> Breakfast Club, nothing. She knows nothing. That's a damn shame. Anyway, it's an honor to be here. Oh, Yay. my God. This is yeah, This is so... I was just shocked the whole time. I was I just know. in the background like, what's <laughs> happening? You didn't talk because th that's how I would have known who you were. And then at the very end, you were just like, your mouth was like a gape and you were just like watching what was happening. <laughs> like it was an episode. I, I never believe it. I never <laughs> I believe it. Ever, ever, ever. So, obviously, we're going to get right into it. Right now, you have the jokes, you have the memes, you have the Oh, the memes. Pictures, People have really art. been, like, bringing the memes hard. It's been amazing. I mean, it's it's gone all out, and I know it's coming from all sides, good and bad. So yes, that being true. said, that being said, how do you feel about being, like, I don't want to, I don't, I got to say, like, villain number one, really. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. she's the most evil person I can even think about. There's nothing redeeming about her. Even in her last moments in the movie, she flips immediately into this white savior thing. Yeah. And, like, then pretends to be okay, and then she flips back and gives that evil smile, and then she flips again to become the white victim. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's just something, like, people often just confuse characters with the actual person. Oh, I've already experienced so. this. And here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. And my favorite was there was this GQ UK article about like 20 things I don't trust anymore after seeing Get Out. And oh. guess who was holding it down on that list? <laughs> number one? Not number one. Okay. I believe like T was first. <laughs> or gatherings of True. white people without 50 to 75 black people at them. Wow. wow. This, list was, this list was so funny. And I was honored to be on it. I was on it by name. It was not my character. It was name. me personally. Personally. Oh, but here's the shit. thing that I I'll take it happy to do it if Rose is in the world for other white people to see her and like learn from her because I think the Rose in the beginning of the movie has so many makes so many little weird decisions that mm. people can learn from and use as an example and then I loved the idea of playing someone that no one could explain out of being just evil people in the audience are trying to say like maybe she was hypnotized maybe they're trying to come up with excuses to make the white girl not the villain they'll do anything <laughs> they're doing mental gymnastics to try to explain away the situation yeah. where Marnie is the evil person in this movie and they can't. She's just the evil, most evil person I can think of. And to have to sit with that, and that's just the reality of it, happy to do it. It it does suck. Um, 
just because you don't want to be thought of as evil. But I hope that with time, people will realize that to even to be part of the movie, to do the part, would require me to not have any of her opinions or thoughts or anything like that. So I'm hoping eventually. But if they <laughs> don't, I'll just have yeah. to play like. I don't know. Maybe I'll have to play Rachel Dolezal in the. Oh in the no! Oh, she took me out with that one. Oh my god! Can you imagine? She took me out with that one. You just want to double the hate, right? You're just like <laughs> bring it all to me. Yeah, why not? Just like listen. If I can't win them over, why don't I just just, just really double streak. down into it and just be like, this is now what? This is my whole career now. And later on, just, you could play like, uh, uh, I don't even know his wife's name, Trump's wife. Melania. Yeah, I mean, like later on, if you wanted to continue, you like the most hated women right now. You know, you just oh, boom, boom, boom. I think Dolezal would be fascinating. Honestly, I think that'd be really interesting. Get ready. <laughs> <'Cause>, um, <laughs> that, that's a kicker. That's a whole thing. I mean, come on. You know, you you just said it. You said people gave your character just so many excuses. Oh my god, so many excuses, and they don't give a half an excuse to other characters. Immediately, they were like, "All the black people are evil." Why do you think that? Not not necessarily why the black people are evil. But <laughs> why do I think? Why do you think evil? this is going away? I didn't expect it to. No. Why do you think? Just on a personal level, why do you think they gave Rose so many excuses? Because that's not what they're used to seeing. First of all, they're not used to seeing a black male protagonist in a horror movie. Period. That like survives the movie. Mm. Spoiler alert. He survives the movie. <laughs> yeah. Second of all, they're not used to seeing just an evil evil white girl who mm. has I mean there's also you have to get over the fact that you've been you've been fucked with in the same way that Chris has right like right. she fooled you and right. she fooled mostly white audiences there are a lot of people I've talked to that were like I doubted her from the very beginning yep see and then I was fooled yeah so yeah. it you know it's so it still split ways. yeah but all I mean everyone that I've talked to that has no melanin whatsoever has been like shocked <laughs> <laughs> that like she was evil. I had didn't see this coming. Wow. Like wow. completely shocked. And then they also tell me they thought they came up with all these excuses to explain her behavior. But the best thing about Rose is that there's literally she is inherently she is evil. Every day she wakes up and decides that this is her life. That this is what she's gonna do. And not only that, she like throws herself into it. She's doing fucking research on the bed. Yeah. She's got her trophies on the wall behind her. There's nothing redeeming about her. And I think that. In a lot of horror movies or even thrillers where there are, like, white female villains, I think there are typically, like, whether it's psychological or psychotic explanations or it's in their backstory, some kind of traumatic, inciting incident. No, Rose is just evil. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's hard for people to accept that about women and about white women in particular. Um, and also that kind of, like, the violence. She's promoting emotional violence even before yeah. she picks up that gun like he says that the way jeremy brings people home is much more brutal but at least it doesn't fuck with people's minds like rose mm. makes you fall in love with her for like five months brings you home goes under the stress of going into this neighborhood that you don't feel like you belong in to begin with go through the agony of a cocktail party with this weird cast of characters and then at the last minute just drops it on you like that is so evil it's so evil that the first couple of times we talked about it it made me emotional like when I was just trying to get ready for the role and I had to get all of those actual human feelings out of the way so that I could play this insanely evil person but um I don't know why do people work so hard to excuse her I think it's listen like 
not to get too real, but like very recently, oh, Emmett. Get real, real. Okay, yeah. all right, we're there. <laughs> yeah. Very recently, Emmett Till's accuser mm. took it back. Like this, we go pretty hard at believing white women a lot of the time. Not all of the time. There's a lot of victim white women that are victim of things that never are believed, like sexual assault and stuff like that. But yeah. in terms of a visual trope in film that we see, yeah. I think that was one of the many and major props all day to Jordan Peele for everything that he did in the movie. But that was one of the most subversive mm-hmm. themes in the movie. And that exactly. goes into what we were wanting to know about. Like, how did you prepare for this role? You said that it was very emotionally draining for you to do it. But like, how much of Rose's history do you know about? And like everything. Okay. Um, because that's that's my wiring, right? And so the trickiest thing when I was reading the script is that I started to feel like there were two people, really. There were, like, two different characters. And that Rose was playing a character for most of the movie. Mm-hmm. So then I had to figure out who she is deep down. And then I had to figure out, like, the half-woke girl that she's playing for the yep. rest of it. And that was much easier because that's, like, everyone I know. Easy. And a lot of it's in the script. Half that woke. was not That was not as much. You know what I mean? Like, like just kind of crusty eyes still just still <laughs> just, just in there. waking yeah. up. And then um, and then the other girl underneath, like, to get to that place was really rough. I had to imagine a situation where, like, at a young age she started showing this talent for acting. So her parents were like, oh, maybe this can be her way of bringing people home. She can assume characters. And so then it was about, like, okay – she's probably frozen in time at the age that she started transforming into all these different people. Mm. And she has so little control over anything in her life that she has insane control when she's in that zone. Right. Mm. So like not a hair out of place, the bangs disappear immediately. Everything. It's like a care, like there's no wrinkles in any of her clothes she's eating. She keeps the fruit loops separated, the colors separated from the white milk. (laughs) She has the like perfect laptop, perfect posture. I have terrible posture IRL, but she's, you know, like creepily, you know, straight. Um, and like, no, she's like androgynous. She has no sexual energy at all. She has no, um, irony, or sense of humor, like she's just this shell of a person that is distilled down to whatever she was at the last moment that she started just becoming who she was, and she stopped to become these different characters. So mm. that's why the teddy bear, that's why that I've had the time of my life is playing. Um, that's why her clothes are kind of like maybe they also belong to her brother, like they don't really have an identity to them. Um, that's why she can't wait to get the bangs out of her face. I also wore hazel contacts to play Rose so that they'd have different color eyes. I imagine her wearing blue contacts to play this character that Chris has been falling in love with. Mm. And the minute he goes into the sunken place, she's like, oh, I can't wait to get my bangs out of my face, get yeah. these fucking contacts out, like take all this makeup off, like just strip down. And, um... I mean, it was really creepy. Like, the process of getting into character was basically, like, I'd put headphones in and listen to literally the song I would listen to is Let the Bodies Hit the Floor, which was, for wow, my, yeah, my little body, a- it was, like, the most evil song I could think of. <laughs> that's a heavy song. Uh, Yeah. Try, <laughs> listening, <laughs> try listening to it on repeat while you're watching. Like, the process of going through makeup was they would make my face, like, really pale, and instead of, like... Uh, my skin color powder they'd use like slightly blue tinted powder just to make me look kind of gaunt and we colored in my veins a little bit so that it was like we just did everything that I usually cover we like stripped and then accentuated so like any color under my eyes we like made brighter we just wanted her to look like kind of just almost like otherworldly and how just 
evil you can feel her evil like radiating out of her um and so I'd watch I'd sit there in hair makeup with this music in my ears watching I put my contacts in and then the hair is done and then so I just would sit alone like Mm. alone in a dressing room in a in my trailer wherever until they were ready for me to shoot and then I'd go on set talked to Jordan briefly he usually giggled because he was just (laughs) delighted at how evil I was because he's a twisted motherfucker and um he was just so excited that she was so evil and then um I'd go do the thing and then the minute we were done I would just like just could not wait to break out of it because it was just so you didn't stay rose no are you kidding like just sitting there character act you know like no I don't know how people do that I mean it's it it must cause total damage but also like the ethics of playing someone with Rose's beliefs and holding that over on an entire movie, like, first of all, I'm not, I don't have, an, I don't have that in me enough to sustain it. What I was doing was like trying to let the music in my ears and the script and the character influence it, but to go that deep and live in it, what I don't know what that would do to someone. How long did you shoot? We shot for like two months. Yeah, it was two months, and I only had like four days where I had to play. We called her Roro. <laughs> <laughs> so that was nice being able to do that but the the interesting thing about shooting the entire movie is that like rose gives a ton of looks that actually have roro in them and when mm. you, if you see it a second time you see a lot of it like the looks she gives to her family members when they're starting to screw things up or at the cocktail party when she's glaring at people it's not like a protective like you're being racist glare it's like a you're being too fucking obvious i'll kill you if you mess this up for me we're so close yeah. glare um same with the cop, you know, all of that stuff. We layered it in under everything. And so she's in there, but that's much, that's just like eye acting. That's much easier than like having to just be evil. Like that's, I was happy how hard it was. Yeah. I was totally cool with it being hard because if it were like, <laughs> oh yeah, I can just drift in and out of this, everyone would have been like, you, we are not safe. Yeah. This is a half black <laughs> cast and you need to leave. You're number safe. one on that list right now. Yeah. Yep. So, like, okay, you say that Rose is evil from the gate. Like, she's just born into this. But, like, and then also Jordan talked about he didn't come up with the Fruit Loops and the white milk. So who did come up with that? We came up with it together. Well, that scene was written. He wrote that scene, actually, I think, after we started shooting of Rose being up in her bedroom looking up NCAA. <laughs> that was hard to So trifling. That was like, oh, you the were just The theater, the sounds that come out of movie theaters when that happens. Like, oh. Amazing. It's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. The, um... So I think, but we, it took us a while to come up with like, what exactly was she eating? And mm-hmm. I can't remember. Like there were some really obvious ones, like a black and white cookie, but then there were some less obvious things. Like I love donuts. We were talking about maybe like just different kinds of donuts, but I think Fruit Loops and milk through a straw, which by the way is the most disgusting. I'm I mean, sure. God, that's milk anyway. I, I don't want to be polarizing here. You don't <laughs> no, like milk? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Not well, a fan. Yeah. Through a straw is somehow like so evil. Yeah. Um, with her three little sips so tidy, mm-hmm. and she's just a psychopath. What? Speaking of psychopaths, yeah. what the hell is wrong with Jeremy? Oh, my God. Isn't what the he hell incredible? is wrong with your brother? He's just disturbed. He's just, like, truly... Is he just confused? Like, I, I couldn't gauge his character besides he just... He has nothing else to do. He's, he's like, his family's doing this stuff. He's just used to it. He's like, all right, let's just hit people with field hockey sticks. Like, I don't I think understand. He's, so we, he's a little... Um, He's a little impatient. 
Okay. I think that's like part of the energy is that he just doesn't, he hates having to go along with this whole charade of like Rose's method. He thinks it's so much easier to just do what he does. He rather just go straight yeah, serial killer. Andre route. slash Logan. And, and yeah. I think he's probably, and we talked, we did a lot of this in our like improv as a cast before we started shooting. But I think part of it is that he's just like, I hate having to do this. I hate having to come back and meet the family and then the cocktail part. Like, just like, why don't we just get him to the basement? Like, we don't have to do all of this stuff. And um, the, Ro- that just makes Rose even more evil. In a way, I would suggest that his method, again, I think is much more, you know, is much less evil than hers on a scale of evil to extremely evil. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, I mean, putting someone through that weekend and then doing this to them is unforgivable. I also think he's just representative of the people out there, the people who are just overtly racist. Well, that conversation. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're Which, just like, yeah, let's just... I mean, there's an yeah. argument that a bunch of my friends have made where it's like, honestly, I'd rather you just tell me than, like, make me guess. Don't make me do the work for I this. I say that yeah. all the time. Yeah, I think yeah, I've heard I, you yeah. say that, too. <laughs> no, but I have so many friends that are like, honestly, if we could just distribute t-shirts. I know the hoods are more obvious, but we could just, you know... <laughs> make t-shirts that are like honestly i'm not that open to other races like it's like that's a lot of information that would have taken me potentially weeks of being around you to figure out and i'm so glad i don't have to do it so i think jeremy too with that conversation about like you could be a beast or like yeah like i think that conversation is important because it comes up all the time people might not go as far as to grab someone's bicep but that kind of stuff like you could be toned if you like worked out i hear people say that constantly Mm -hmm. i mean it's crazy and so i think seeing an example of that in film um is always going to be helpful in a movie that brings a very diverse audience into the theater together because then you hear the laughter the knowing like reactions from a certain part of the audience and then you wonder okay what about that did I not get that's one of the things Mm -hmm. I love about get out is that it basically is like a learning opportunity for a certain part of our population to figure out what what jokes they're not in on and why Mm. what did you learn when like making it before after like after like when it was all done you saw the finished piece or even making it but like what lessons you learned that you didn't have before um I think I had the beginnings of a lot of lessons that were just like solidified, mm. like anything about sort of code switching and stuff like that. I learned much more about just being involved with the movie, especially we had long conversations about my man and that phrase and everything like that. It's just always about collecting information and changing your life accordingly and then distributing it to other people who need it so that we're not putting other people in the position of teaching us how to behave. So it's like, I, I think I was starting at probably more of a base knowledge than you would assume, given, like, white girl, Connecticut, wealthy family, Yale, et cetera. Um, I owe all of that to my family and my upbringing. But I think every category of that, I just learned so much more because of the depth of the conversations we were having, because of the different points of view we had. Like, I had an amazing conversation with Marcus Henderson about – um, you know, just his career fair at his high school growing up and how it was just like service jobs and there was nothing more for people to work towards. It was just assumed that they'd go into one industry. And I mean, just really when you're spending that much time with people, you can have these really detailed in depth mm-hmm. conversations and every single one of them, I feel like I came out of it learning something after seeing the movie. I just relearned how brilliant Jordan is. The first time I saw it, I just was like, that is a perfect fucking movie. I could watch that movie six more times, and I have, and I still like it. I don't, it doesn't bother me seeing it that many times. Many people did see it. 
three, four, five times. I got a text from Questlove that said he, I think he was on his way into seeing it the sixth time. See? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's not a discreet theater goer. No. <laughs> he's like, he's like Mr. Theater. You just see this. You just see that That's my like, favorite thing about him is that at any event that I'm at where I feel a little bit like lost or scared, you know, because those these work things we go to are always so awkward. And then I just see the pic <laughs> and I just like gravitate towards it. I'm like, hi, I'm here. It just makes me happy. But he saw he saw an early screening of it, and then he just he said he was like, I just can't stop I love it and he said these mm. movies don't come along a lot so selfishly I want to like absorb it in the theater for as much as I can because it's it's going to be a sure. while until something and so that's the highest praise is that people can see it and it holds up and it really does like we thought this movie so hard we thought through it we talked through it we deconstructed it, it put it back together mm-hmm. that's the most rewarding thing is mm-hmm. that people are seeing it liking it and getting it people are getting it that's so exciting and thinking critically about it and thinking deeply about it and having conversations about it. Like what I hear from all my friends is that on the way out of the theater, people are talking about it. Yes. Mm. Now there was one thing like, uh, well, two things at the screening that we saw when they did the question and answer afterwards. And a lot of people have even said this since then, that the movie is a critique on liberal like politics and ideals. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It could have picked any population. I mean, Jordan could have chosen any population of people to put as the center of this movie and he picked like suburban liberal elites that was a deliberate choice see i i think i mean i grew up with suburban liberal elites and i experienced the type of things i've never had my you know pictorials grabbed or anything but i've been asked to rap (laughs) at a uh, bar mitzvah before no when i had no interest in hip-hop music at all by someone who is my best friend to this day i mean not him his parents okay yeah and so you know i've had that type of like what you know moments all my life but i didn't really think of it as a critique on liberals as much as just on racism in general because i think that's really smart sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no go ahead no that's i I wanted to know what you thought of this i think that's a really smart distinction because um well it's kind of linked a little bit in Mm -hmm. a certain way because i think there's also what jordan talks about all the time is this post-racial lie that same population that would have voted for get out of you know or would have voted for obama a third time if they could Mm -hmm. have jordan retweeted someone who made the point that if get out existed in that universe instead my dad would have been like you know get out was the best movie of last year hands down (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) which is like such a weird and profound and like mind-bending point but it is this sense that like you can still make people feel like they are other while trying to show all these signs of embracing them, which is oh, yes. sometimes exactly the problem. And so that's why I think it's that alienation in those small ways that can be so draining, I think. And that's what Jordan was showing through that cocktail party, through the interactions with the family. Like, um, I think that was a point that could be made more strongly in that environment with people who were vocal about you know dean says something about like experiencing other cultures or something like that like Mm. people who make those points but then also are clearly putting you in a category apart from them the entire time they're collecting you like pokemon cards oh yes and that's (laughs) like you're not really into it like they're not yeah there's no respect there it's more like exactly. oh look what i went to feed you today and look what i bought back like all yes. right that's made in china number one <laughs> number two like, yeah. yeah it's like a fact of a person rather than the whole person right right and so that i think that's a much more if the if the movie had been set in a place where you might expect it mm-hmm. to be set 
um, it wouldn't have packed as much of a punch because I think it forced Jordan and the rest of us to be much more specific about every choice that we made. It had to feel much more grounded and real in this environment, which makes it scarier. And uh, like you were saying about the reaction to the film, now, when we were in the screening and the time I've seen it since, it wasn't what I've heard, though, because I've heard certain screenings have been filled with, you know, liberal white people, and they were laughing at a lot of the movie. No. Yeah. I mean, I've read some. Let's hope who, that's uncomfortable after. Yeah, and that didn't, I didn't even understand how they would, you know, I, I felt like someone was just writing like a hate piece or something, because, I mean, how would you ever reach that point where you would be laughing at these themes? What parts were they? I'm so curious. I have I, to read that. I myself am curious about it, because I just don't get how <laughs> people are like, you know, how would you think that this was funny? I would punch someone. <laughs> <laughs> That hasn't happened in any of the screenings I'm in. And currently I look nothing like Rose, so it's not like they see me and Yes, yeah, you have blonde hair now. Yeah, which just make just makes my whole situation fucking worse because now people just think I'm in another disguise. <laughs> I've gone, I didn't think about it like that. I've gone through TSA like twenty times every time I expect to be taken into detention and cavity search just because of Lil Rel. But also and then I wonder that like right as I'm emerging from security, are people like, Wait, was that? Was, Rose. Is that Rose? Yep. She has blonde hair. Do you, the, do you hear the whispers? Like, honestly, like, people like, yo, they're going to put you in a sunken place. Be careful. Yes. Oh, I no, mean, like, like, I love the sunken place memes because yeah. I think it's, we didn't have a word for that and we needed now, one. Yeah, I feel like we, that's true. Yeah. We didn't, and that's like, that's just Jordan being brilliant. But, yeah. um, Oh, people laughing. God, what could they? My hope is that they were laughing because they couldn't deal with what it was showing about themselves. Mm. The nervous laughter. That's yeah. my hope. I mean, yeah. that's the best kind of laughter. And Jordan gives a bunch of opportunities for people to do that. Like during all of Rel's scenes, it's, there's a release. It's not necessarily as funny as people are laughing. People yeah. are laughing like really hard. Yeah. And it's really funny. But they're also laughing some of the stress out, I think, Definitely. of the rest of the movie. Everyone needs it. You know, you're, you're going to have, and I know this, you're going to have a lot more projects. You're probably in the middle of stuff right now, but you're going to have a lot more projects in I'm the not. future. You're not? Mm-mm. Well, you're on Fan Bros now. So. <laughs> yes. So after this, you'll so be after straight. This. But, Perfect. But you, you, you may have other things you do and go into. How does that feel that, honestly, this movie is just so prolific? And the fact that really, for the rest of your life, maybe that's what people are going to associate you with. Maybe, hopefully not Rose herself, but this This movie. movie. I would be so proud if this is people's first association with me, this movie. Like, this is, this is the first movie I've ever done. I, um... I was on Girls, so I had the privilege of being able to be picky. And there were certain things that I desperately wanted that I didn't get, but there was a lot that came along that just was like, that doesn't feel like a girl I know, or this movie's pointless, or I don't like the point this movie's making, or whatever. And then this movie comes in, and I read that first scene with Lakeith um, that's kind of a nod to Trayvon Martin. Yeah. And from that first scene, I was like, this script came from Jordan Peele to me specifically. He wants me to be part of it, and this scene is the first scene in this movie. Like, I almost don't care what the character is. I have to be part of the legacy of this movie. I already knew. I was like, this image, to start a horror movie out with a black man in a white neighborhood and not like a teenager on a school campus, like a a pretty white girl or like a handsome white dude, already that was like, I definitely want to be part of this. And I have a feeling my role in it won't be fluttering, and I'm down to do it. So in terms of what I do next, like, I'll wait. I waited you know, I didn't do a movie for five, six years while I was working. I'll do it again. I don't want to be part of something that doesn't in some way pick up the anxiety that feels like it's brewing around the world and okay. turn it into something for people to watch. And I love escapist things. I love things that take me out of my reality. But right now it feels like 
I, everything just feels really urgent. And so I feel like I don't want to waste people's time by like sitting on a talk show couch and being like, go see this movie when I don't mean it. And also when there's just so much else to watch and do. When I promoted mm. Get Out, I meant it. When I was like, go see this movie, go see it while it's still in theaters. Go see it with people so you can talk about it after. Mm. Don't let anyone spoil it for you. Like I meant that. That felt so good to mean it that much. And I'm just as proud of girls. I love our show, what it's done for women and f women on television and specifically. And so I've always meant that. I'm so spoiled now that I don't think I'll be able to do that thing where you see an actor on a talk show and you're like, your heart isn't in this. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of hoping no one will go, aren't you? <laughs> you phoned this in. Um, and so I just, I don't want to do that. I'm working on a couple of things now. Um, just in, I'm like, producing them and, and working on them rather than in them yet none of them are real but in the meantime I'm just doing a lot of um work kind of extracurricular work I don't know what else to call it it's not acting work but just you know I do a lot of work right. with horizons yeah oh. charity stuff horizons does summer enrichment programs for low-income kids all over the U.S. um I'm actually going tomorrow to D.C. to talk to the previous flotuses whole okay. education system. I don't know if she'll be there, but I hope she'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the but anyway, administration. Just, so. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, to talk about Better Make Room and Reach Higher and putting Horizons in there. I'm very excited. And then, um, yeah, so a lot of my time is spent doing those extracurricular things. But um, I'm ha I'm okay to wait. You know? Okay to wait. So so yeah. she, so you're really more mindful of what your your projects are going forward. Definitely, and it's been kind of like it's again, it's because I've been lucky. I booked girls right after I graduated from college, and then I had an income, so I didn't have to do things that I didn't love. Yeah. I got to be picky, and that that get out was the first real thing, other than playing Peter Pan, which I mean, it might sound silly, oh, but yeah. it happened at a time when the world was really scary, and ISIS was like on the front page of every paper and I felt like Peter Pan helped me feel like being young is okay like having an imagination was okay maybe kids need it again and so even that I felt like it was important in some way that was outside of myself that's what I'd like to keep doing and selfishly it'll mean that I can throw myself into the project the way I did get out the way I did girls Peter Pan because it means that I believe in every part of it not just my part of it or not just some small part of it. Like, Get Out, I would have done literally anything to make it the success that it was. Mm. Everyone involved knew that. Jordan knew that from day one, from our first conversation. I was like, mm. I will do anything. And that's why he cast me, because he saw Peter Pan. He was like, she'll do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, he cast me from Peter Pan. So if you'll do anything, you, can we count on you to help make initiatives to promote people of color in the media 100%. Spaces? And I can't give anything away, but I'm actively working on a show that hopefully will leave, basically will leave me out of the equation. I'm just like the vessel to bring it into existence. I basically now feel like I have this position and my best use of that position is to use it to promote people who don't have the megaphone that they have, to just mm. pass the megaphone around. That's the biggest privilege that I have now that I've gotten to this place in my career is being able to share the stage or give the stage to somebody else. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not because they don't have a vo I hate when people say, like, give a voice to. It's like, they already have a voice. It's just that no one's letting them use it. And so no one wants them to use it. Um, and so th what we can do as people who have already kind of 
quote, made it in this industry, even though I don't think I'll ever feel like I made it. It's not an industry that really makes you feel safe all the time. It's not like a warm and fuzzy place. But I think my best use of it is exactly that. Mm. Um, And so there's a show I'm working on developing that, uh, you know, I want to populate the entire show from the production to the entire writer's rooms with people who have nothing in common with me based on my background or whatever and I do a ton of work with recidivism and the criminal justice system and so Mm. um again all of this stuff like on the sidelines I don't need a medal for it it's just part of being a human being is you know putting in your dues and so it's uh, this will all come into my work somehow um but for now I'm just doing it so that I can bring other people with my background into the fold so that they can use their megaphones to pass them to other people. That's kind of, I'm trying to make that, make that cool. That's dope. That's dope. Good. And that's really good because like we were talking earlier before the show about the, so there's another side of the reactions to this movie. Oh yeah. And like we were talking when we were at the screening, you know, Daniel had this just incredibly powerful statement. I mean, just what did we do? Yeah. Like what have we done to deserve this? Basically black people. Yeah. And, and even though he's from the UK, he's still a black man. You yeah. know what I mean? So Oh yeah. And he talks about that all the time where he's either like the only English guy in a room or the only Ugandan guy in a room or the darkest guy in a room. Like he rarely is in a space where he feels like completely one with everyone else who's in that room. But then, you know, when we posted this video, there were reactions from people on the internet where they were like, uh, look at her. She's ashamed to be up there. You oh know, my God. that hurt my feelings so much. Like Did more than really more than anything, um, more than anything I've ever read or listened to someone say about me. Like you can call me whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. But I guess it's because I know how close we are, Daniel mm-hmm. and I. Mm-hmm. The idea that I wasn't sitting up on that stage, like, moved beyond belief. And if my posture looked like I was uncomfortable, it was because I was trying to get out of people's shots. Like, that's a... He was giving, like, an, he was giving, like, a campaign-worthy speech. kind of broke, you know, when I said it. And, like, in doing the script, he was, like... It was the bit when he was in the chair. Chris is in the chair. He said, why us? Why black people? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was that thing, like, yeah, man. Like, what the fuck have we done? You know? And it was so real. And that's how Daniel always talks. He talks directly from his heart. He acts directly from his heart. What you saw in that movie, mm-hmm. that scene of the hypnosis, he did five times in a row. Mm. Just just weeping, not moving a muscle. I don't know. Yeah, I remember he said that. Yeah. I like don't know any other actors that can do that. It's crazy. He is so insanely talented. He's such a good person. Hearing him say that felt like he was releasing something in a public forum that he had been holding back doing all this press together. And so it was this moment of like, awe. I was in awe of my friend. Mm -hmm. And so to to hear like, she's embarrassed to be in this movie. Look, you don't like stumble and get into this movie. (laughs) That's very specific. (laughs) Like, can you imagine if I was like, shit, what have I done? What have I gotten myself into? This movie is about race. Like that is, it's also making like that assumption also is that I'm an idiot and like I'm many things, but idiotic, I don't think is one of them. I mean, you can be the judge, but 
that and then also the fact that I then I guess didn't respect what Daniel was saying didn't respect Daniel period didn't respect the other people I was on stage with like that just cut me to the core this has become my family and friends for the last two years now like that hurt that really hurt it's hard to hurt my feelings and that hurt my feelings not you guys but like the fact that it existed I'm actually grateful that I heard about it and then looked it up from you guys talking about it on here because that stuff doesn't always make its way to me Mm. and so it's good for me to hear that that's a thing that's out there I don't think there's anything I can do to fix it it's just good for me to know about I mean (laughs) the alternative is like next time Daniel talks like head and you know my chin and my my, (laughs) be attentive and student no matter what you're gonna catch it you're gonna catch it regardless also they had just finished watching a movie where I was beyond evil so I understand if that colors it too I don't see but see the I don't see how people got that read that from her body language at all. It, it doesn't matter though. The, the things that people are reading from this movie, one thing that has been really bothering me is like people are reading that just all white people are evil. Yeah. And like that Jordan really was giving that message, and I'm like, Jordan comes from a mixed race background, like he's not gonna think that, you know, or say that. And I don't understand how people. He's about were to have a baby that. with his white wife. Like it's not. And I don't think, but, you know, but people are just, I don't know, people feel like Get Out is an excuse now. Okay, now we can just, you know, say hateful things to anyone. And I'm like, that's not really the point. That's backwards. I don't think that was Jordan's point at all. I don't think so either, but I also think that the way people react to the movie is kind of like a a Rorschach test where they're Mm. they're seeing something that they already have been thinking about in the movie and it helps give them language for it. Mm -hmm. So as... As hurtful as that was for me, it was also, I could acknowledge that it was a, a stage full of, with the exception of Jason Blum, our producer, it was a stage full of black men, and then I was in there sticking out like the sore thumb that I am. <laughs> and it was, doing press for this movie, by the way, visually, it was hysterical the entire time. It was just like, <laughs> Chance the Rapper, Allison Williams, <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya. <laughs> it's like, he did a Q&A, and I was like, honestly, I feel like I should leave. <laughs> It was just like, I was like, this is so unbelievable. I was so starstruck and also just so aware of how random I seemed in this setting. Um, But it was like, I I get it, that visual and feeling like there's still, you still can't speak freely or cathartically because I'm in the room. Like, I, I am very aware of that. And I don't ever want it to feel like I'm intruding into a space that isn't mine. And so I'm also careful, like, not to tell people how to be, how to react to the movie or how to feel angry at me or how to feel about me, period. Like, feel however you want. That's the exact goal of the movie is that it just exists and now people can feel about it what they want. So people want to look at it like it's saying all white people are evil. That's not how I read it. I mean, I, I think that's not giving enough of a critical eye to the movie. I think there's so much more in there than just that blanket statement. Um, I think looking at the white people that are evil, how are they being evil? Which white people are evil? You know, Jordan goes so far to prevent that, including at the very, very end when Jim Hudson is talking to Chris about the surgery. And Chris says, why us? Why black people? And then even then, he can't admit that there's something about black people. He says, I don't care what color you are, you know, and then he runs through that order of colors that everyone always uses Mm -hmm. and then he says i want your eyes man and it's like yeah well okay but you also picked me because what you thought it'd be easy for me to disappear you thought no one would miss me you thought like he can't even acknowledge any of those things and that moment is the movie's full of those moments Mm -hmm. that moment is so much more nuanced than just an evil guy it's a guy 
who doesn't even see and he's blind it's like a whole thing but it's you know he doesn't even see the racism that he has for this exactly victim and like you said there's so much nuance in it i mean just that final scene like you know it's there's uh, it's like 20 seconds and there's like 18 emotions and like i'm sitting across from you now and i just can't stop from thinking of those eyes you give him when you give him the evil look at the very end and it is just like Jordan wrote that into the script (laughs) he wrote that smile into the script and I was thinking about it from like the minute I first read it because I was like this is I can't come back from this once you smile like that (laughs) in this moment (laughs) you can't you're done you're done you're You're gonna need to like I don't know I mean yeah it's uh, that's a rough one but also like the brilliance of then having just the cue of the blue and red lights but by the way in an audience that, that took me out. I'm like, oh, he done. It's over. <laughs> yeah, but see, that reaction. I, I That was my first reaction. I was like, oh. That's not a reaction everyone gets. And so mm-hmm. that's why it's important to be in an audience. Because for white people, they associate the police with safety. Yep. Like, mm-hmm. come on. This is huge for them to be able to, like, experience firsthand the visceral reaction to those lights. Yeah. They can hear about it all they want. But to be next to someone who has a completely opposite reaction to seeing those lights from them I think is a hundred times more impactful than just hearing someone talk about it mm. and talk about the last year in review in 10 seconds in a movie. That's it. That's it right there. No, that's it, everything. It was just like, like me and Tatiana are sitting next to each other. And as soon as the lights come on, we're like, like, ah, all, like this Jeremy, all this, all this he's going through. And now he's going to get killed by this cop. Yeah, exactly. Right. And also not to mention the visual. I've been in a couple audiences. I recently saw it in the whitest audience I've ever seen it in, um, which was in Sun Valley. Ooh. Very white, but fascinating. <laughs> Every audience is fascinating. Wow. But this one was really fascinating because people gasped when he choked me. I'm sure. And I'd never yeah. been in an audience where people gasped when he choked me. I'd been in an audience where, where people cheer. cheered. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, but I was like, you I need to cheering. take her out. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Obviously. I'm cheering, too, at that point. I mean, that's like the most, that's the most obvious reaction. But I yeah. forget what a visual, for a certain generation of people, that's mm. such a visual moment. Mm-hmm. And it not only mirrors the moment from the beginning of the movie on his bed, where they're in that same exact position. Jordan did that on purpose. And also the cute little moment where Rose says, I promise you're not going to get chased off the lawn with a shotgun. It's a bold action rifle. Yeah. <laughs> not a shotgun. She, she did promise. <laughs> exactly. But I think like that moment seeing, it just, I was shocked by the gasp, but it was just another um, reminder that I don't get all the time as often as frankly you guys do of how far a lot of populations have to go. Oh. Like you've just watched, <laughs> you've just watched. But this mm-hmm. is an audience that took themselves to see Get Out. They went on the of their own will, mm-hmm. and even that audience is like, can't get over the visual image of this moment towards the end of the movie. <laughs> Never gonna happen. No, I, I, that's. I mean, I can. No, I can imagine. It's not even surprising. I'm sure that there are audiences where people gas. I shouldn't have been surprised either. Yeah. But it also at that point she's so evil that it just. It did kind of surprise me that there was any sympathy left for her. Like I said, I had sympathy for her until he's like, give me the keys. And she's like, ah. And I was like, oh, no. Everybody dies in this house now. <laughs> no. I told you. Yeah. Jump I was like, don't trust her. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't See? trust her. Yeah, you was- knew. Like, Wait a minute. What, a I'm off. curious. What tipped you off? It was just 
It, 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 not right away. Like when you guys were first introduced as a couple, you were driving, you were trying to help him with the cop. Like I didn't get that right away. The second time I was like, oh. Yeah. The first yeah. time, no. It was more so during the party the, mm-hmm. where it was like, and I, I get your point now, but just intrinsically like your reactions, you were just like looking at them like, it, to me, I didn't feel like a genuine you were like upset with them. You were just looking at them like. Yeah, we you're, you're talked about this far. so much because <laughs> yeah, exactly. We talked about this so much because if she had gone, if she'd been too defensive, would that have been more suspicious? Like we just kept going back and forth about like, yeah. what's the more sp- suspicious thing? Because Chris is trying to keep it cool because this is his girlfriend's parents' friends, right? So like, there's that dynamic going on. So you can't just be like, let go of my arm. You know yeah. what I mean? Because because Chris also like the biggest mission yeah. of the movie between Daniel and Jordan was you can't let the audience lose Chris. Yeah. The audience and Chris have to be in step the entire time. Chris can't make a decision that seems insane. I mean, more than like a couple that happen in a horror movie because they have to. But yeah. other than that, like the audience can't be ahead of Chris in terms of what's going on. They've got to be in lockstep. They have to think that's what I would have done in that situation. Realistically speaking, that's what I would have done. And that's why he makes all those faces of like yeah. tolerance and patience that just kill me when I watch the movie. It that just breaks party, my heart. I said, we got to leave now, 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 now. That's why go. Rel has that phone call. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to get Bro, out. ain't you scared of this? Right. It, it doesn't make any sense. That's why. And that's another thing I love is that Jordan gave that voice and that thing people are yelling at the screen to characters to say. Rel was mm-hmm. us. So we were like, exactly. what are you doing? Which makes you feel in the audience like you're not in a sunken place, which is where you usually are in a theater. You have no yes. agency over what's happening on screen. And somehow magically in this movie because Jordan knows his audience so well and hears his audience before they even existed to see the movie he gave them the impression that they are being actively listened to by the movie and Mm -hmm. so it's a much more interactive experience and by giving those lines to people like Rel and even to Chris when he says about Georgina that bitch is crazy (laughs) that's I heard people I've heard people say that around me seconds before he says it like Jordan just knew he just no, because she is that bitch is crazy. Like that's just only one way to think about her. And so like, that's the that's the thing that makes people feel that much more invested in the movie is that they feel like they're having a conversation with it rather than just saying things that are bouncing off the screen and they have no effect on it. You know what I mean? Mm. And that was the first when when mm. Jordan initially described the sunken place to me. That's how he described it. Is a movie th- a movie is puts the audience in a sunken place, and I don't want to do that. And not only do I not want to do that, I don't want to do that specifically for a black audience. Wow, I love it. Yeah, I'm so I'm so thrilled about. <laughs> that. I love him so much. I'm so excited to see what he does. We gave each other a pep talk recently. We were like, all right, we got to keep being picky. We're gonna get a lot of fancy shiny things thrown at us, and we got to just stay strong and stay true to ourselves. And we but, were like psyching each other up for it. But what if someone says, "I want you to be the next Star Wars film"? But it depends on what the character is. I have to be like that. I have to be like that. Movies made such an impression on me. And I am, a, by the way, I'm a Star Wars super fr- I mean, I'd freak out. I don't think they would because Adam Driver's in them, and that's yeah. a little too weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then it's just Marnie and Adam yes. in on Tatooine or something. But, um, by the way, a sketch I would watch. <laughs> All day. All day. I mean, my God, what could be more interesting than that? But I think, like, and genuinely, I know that's a little bit like beggars can't be choosers. And at this point, I'm much more in the beggar category because I'm unemployed than the choosers one. But genuinely, I only want to put, as someone who loved movies when I was little and took so much from the girls I saw on the screen, 
Mm. I don't want to put women into the movie universe that aren't either an example of how not to be or just an interesting mm. version of a woman, a very mm. specific one, or a woman that you can look up to in a realistic way. You know, I don't want to be yeah. part of like... That's th- honest. I don't want to play like the girlfriend okay. who has no job, seemingly. She just wakes up in full hair and makeup and just... <laughs> Like, I'm not, I mean, as nice as that would be, and trust me, I do wake up in full hair and makeup, <laughs> but I just don't, I don't think that's valuable. Mm. I like that. That's you know? So honest. Yeah, but, like, write a full woman. Like, how yes. hard is that to write a full woman? Give her, a f- like, a life. Give give us some sense that she was doing something before you walked into the room. Mm. That'd be nice. Wait for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? Like, it's so stupid. It's so small. It's so small. But, like, give her a job. What is her job? Does she do anything but yoga when you're not at home? Like, it's just so stupid. And it's always, like, yoga. beautiful but doesn't know it. Like, really? She, she doesn't know it? So she's blind. I don't know. It's and just... it's so crazy because in Dead Out, you probably have more character, you know, with a villain than you have with people who are supposed to be, like you said, the girlfriend or the sidekick. or Definitely. The, yeah. And that's what was really funny about promoting the movie is that I kept talking about, you know, how I loved playing Rose and I'd have to, like, stop short. And they'd be like, <laughs> how is Rose different from Marnie before people had seen it? And I was like... Um, well, (laughs) I can't really tell you. I mean, on face value, not very different. Mm -mm, Honest, mm -hmm. frankly, Rose has bangs. Um, Ooh. I mean, it's just really hard to describe. And then when the movie came out, it was a little bit easier to be like, no one made comparisons anymore. Um, And it's even hard now to separate the two of them. You know what I mean? It's hard Mm -hmm. to talk about Rose in the beginning of the movie without knowing who she is underneath all of that. So it's even hard to talk about like the kind of privilege that you see Rose deploying without knowing her real motive behind all of it. Mm. Like with the cop, you know? Yeah. Seriously with the cop. Cause when that happened, I'm like, she need to chill. Like, I know. Like, this is not going to end well. I don't care. You know. I know that's there. very dangerous. Yeah. Even with her, it's like no. He'll he'll get killed, and you'll be standing exactly. on the side of the street exactly. trying to explain what happened. Exactly. Which yeah. is another moment in theaters where I hear the most interesting chatter. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure. a lot of white people think like, hmm, so there. Like, yep. good for you to stand up for your boyfriend. It's like actually no, that's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Super dangerous. Yeah. Either put yourself in the line of fire instead of that person so that there's no risk of anything happening or just be respectful because assume that it's going to go as badly as the person there who would be treated as badly. All right. All right, well, Allison, you have survived the interview segment of Fan Bros Show. This is yes. so fun. <laughs> but it's now time for the rap segment, the rapid fire questions. All right. <laughs> and since you listen to the show, I'm sure you're ready I'm for ready. it. Oh, we got to switch this up on her. Oh, no. No, no, no. <laughs> we got to switch this up on her. All right, fine. Okay, number one, Luke Cage or Black Panther? Oh, that's hard. I've been watching Luke Cage. Um, oh, Marsha. <laughs> <laughs> she said, oh, <laughs> That came out without my knowledge. Um, I love the whispers. Yeah. The whispers. Oh, great. Well, but, but Daniel's in Black Panther. I've got to go. i got to go Black Panther. All right. Yeah, we've got to dig up for you. I mean, family. and Ta-Nehisi. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. Ta-Nehisi. All right. Hmm. The Wire or Breaking Bad? The Wire. Every day. All right. Magneto or Professor X? Uh, I don't know that I have enough information. 
Um, I think I'm going to say Magneto. Okay. Is that the wrong answer? There's no wrong answer. Yeah. That's not, you know that's not true. No, <laughs> no it really depends For Magneto on and Professor X, unless I'm forgetting things, no. I don't think there's... There's certain answers that will get you dragged on, like, Twitter, but... Yeah. All right, so Twitter, what am I going to so get dragged for? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing, nothing. No, Magneto's fine. I actually like Magneto. Okay, cool. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. The most, anyway, so... Yeah. All right. Um, all right, this is, this is in the horror lane. Okay. Mike Myers, Freddy, or Jason? Uh... I think Jason. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Why? The mask. The mask? Yeah. <laughs> just the hockey? It's just like, yeah, because I grew up obviously playing ice hockey. <laughs> 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 so, it's a visual that's very, don't make me spell this out for you. <laughs> I grew up ice skating on an outdoor rink in New Canaan, Connecticut, playing ice hockey after I transitioned from figure skating. Oh. Anyway. oh. <laughs> Why is that Nancy Kerrigan in the By the way, up? by the way. What? I don't want to reveal for what, but it was brought up that I should at some point play Nancy Kerrigan. And I was like, well, obviously. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. Obviously. I like that. I love Nancy Kerrigan. Yeah, she, poor she, Shin. She, <laughs> I wasn't even going to bring that up. <laughs> Why not? That's like word association. <laughs> yeah, you say it Nancy Kerrigan. It is, fight, but it's like just like, like dang. Like, like, she got to live her life that whole time. Yeah. Like, dang, girl, your leg's okay still. Like, <laughs> oh. Like 20 years later. <laughs> Honestly, maybe not. Maybe Probably we should check not. in on She's her. She's like, I, I do other things. I, you know, I like trampolines. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like long walks on the beach. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm a soft surface and it won't hurt. When I fall, because my leg is bone. No, I seriously, she's <laughs> no. an she's a princess to me. Like, truly, that would be the most insane honor to play her. That's cool. All right. Superman or Batman? I don't know. There's something so, there's something very suspicious about Superman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's like the Lex Luthor. It's like, he's so suspicious. This alien come out of nowhere. No, there's just, even the way he looks, it's just like, okay, where, too pretty it, boy? what's wrong? Sunken Who place, you have? Superman. Yes. Oh, yes. That's the title of the episode. There it is. There it is. Bomb. Yes, Superman is in the sunken place. Yeah. And Batman is, yeah, Batman yeah. yeah. Now that's going to, conversation's going to get you dragged on Twitter. That's true. Yeah. That's get ready, true. Ben. I'm, yeah, that's I'm very true. It. Yeah. All right, this is a new one. You made up this one today. Okay. You can either have arms made of trumpets that play a note every time you swing your arms. <laughs> okay. Or legs made up of accordions that play a little bit of Farrah Jacques every time you take a step. <laughs> Which one do you choose? Oh, my God. Accordion playing Farrah Jacques. Oh. Or just random notes coming at your arms. <laughs> Those are random. It's not one note every time? Every time. Every arm that goes up. Like if you're walking in the street. That. Burr, burr. And they're visual trumpets. They're visual trumpets. And my legs are visual. Visual accordions. Oh, God. <laughs> I, think I wanted to get that picture in your head first. It's so good. I'm so happy. Now I'm just picturing someone with both, and they're living the most happy musical life of ever. all time. Just like they're killing it in the subway. Yes. Yes. They're wrecking in. Wrecking in. Thousands of days. Oh, killing it. Everyone else leaves. They're like, this isn't even worth it for I don't me know. anymore. What was in that cookie? I, I will. Yeah, I wow. want, I do want to know. <laughs> um, I would say I'm going to go with the trumpets because I feel like you can do a bell sleeve and just walk with your arms <laughs> straight by your sides. That's why you're dope. You want the fashion route with that. That is of so course. true. Of course. Yeah. You can you wear like a cute bell 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 bottom yeah. sleeve. Yeah. So perfect, too. Yeah, and if that you just sense. don't, if you keep your arm kind of still, you're not going to have to like. Yeah. 
like as you walk, which is exactly what I'm picturing. I love that question. Uh, I'm going to be thinking about that for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to be on a set this time, busting out laughing. Cut! What is it I keep laughing about? Accordion. Uh, I think we got the answer, but we got to ask. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. No question. That's fine. You already knew you had that point. (laughs) Whatever. I'm so sorry. Bye, guy. I'm sorry. See, I'm not mad. It's okay. Okay. It's It's good to be cool about that. I don't get mad about that stuff. Okay. Can can I tell you, though, that um, Adam, like, blew me away? Because I was like, yo, is he really going to go up there and be, you know, from girls? Like, yeah. and then he goes up there and he's really, you know, a different person. Yeah. And dark as hell. And I've seen him in other stuff. But even all those, I think he was still getting the roles where it's like, oh, play the guy from girls, but a little different. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, and then no, they that just... happens to all of us. I yeah, mean, I've I'm been sure. getting like Marnie in a different city, Marnie yeah. with different hair, <laughs> Marnie. Yeah. No, it happens. And I mean, I, it was, we- it, I think it was just weird for me because that's, Driver. Yeah, I mean, you know like, him, right? Yeah. But I love Star Wars so much that it was like beyond thrilling to see him with those people. I just like couldn't get over it. The fact that he just like has met Harrison Ford is <laughs> he's Harrison Ford's son. I can't even that. I like refuse to accept. I really Harrison Ford, not to give too much away, was the was my first love. Like by a lot, but specifically Harrison Ford is Han Solo when it was originally released and the age difference between us is quite significant but at the time I thought it was much less than it was because I thought it had just come out and I was like I think I can still make this work I think with a little time and a lot of effort on my part I can still make this work and then someone was like wait do you know how old he is actually and I was like no but listen I'm 11 he's 30 something oh, like no. eventually this will be okay and yeah. they were like no no he's not 30 something he's, he's much older, like, much older than, than that. that and you don't have your ears pierced yet and he does <laughs> <laughs> so oh, oh god. god anyway yeah um okay we're almost at the end um what's your favorite Wesley Snipes movie oh my god what are okay What are the, again, I feel like I haven't seen enough of them to know. What have you seen? Um, I might not know just by the Wesley Snipes of it all. I think I've seen a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was in that, like, Blade, Two I mean, Fu. No, obviously I've seen yeah. Blade, but I don't White know Man if I've Can't seen any jump. other one. New Jack okay, City. Okay, I have seen that one. New Jack I have City. seen that one. Yeah. Okay. I think it's White Man Can't Jump. It's great. That's I mean, show. it's amazing. No, I don't really think of. Is. I don't know why I don't think of that as a Snipes film. And, and I've watched it more recently. And White Man Can't Jump is really like deep on a like. Forget the White Man Can't Jump part of it. Like Woody Harrelson's relationship with um Rosie Perez is really like. Oh, it's so good. And by the way, I worship Rosie Perez. Who doesn't? Anything. <laughs> if I woke up one morning and we talked the same, I'd be thrilled. Her voice is my favorite voice to listen to. Wow. To listen to talk. I mean, is there a better speaking voice than Rosie Perez's? It's an interesting one. Oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> I like her voice. Can you yeah. picture? Can you hear it right now? With accordion legs. I, I, <laughs> you are still in the Would You Rather. No, I like Blade too. This is the problem. Mm-hmm. Blade, right. White Men Can't Jump, both great answers. All right. Yeah. White Men Can't Jump, also a good podcast. Mm. All right. All right. In okay. Hollywood, it's about movies. Okay. Um, in in any medium, book, show film, song, whatever, what character's death hurt you the worst? Oh, what a good question. You think I'm going to say Dumbledore, right? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mufasa, like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, 
Oh, actually, this was the first, it was in, the first time I realized that death was a thing was watching Land Before Time when Littlefoot's mom dies. Oh, you brought it back. Yeah, that was the first time I saw death on on screen. And I remember running upstairs and making sure my mom didn't die, too. I thought oh. it was like this oh, moment wow. where all I just didn't understand it. And I was like, are you still here? And oh. I was I think I was three. It's one of my earliest memories. And it was heartbreaking. So that one really I mean, that like sent me into an existential crisis <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> wow. compared to Mufasa. I was a little older. I yeah. was, you know, that one sh- definitely I fucked me up. Crying. Oh, my, I cried, too. I cried every yeah. time. I mean, Bambi's mom, like they do these things. Every Disney person has to be a, an orphan for some reason. It's so sad. Where's Belle's mom? Uh, Where's Ariel's mom? Uh, (laughs) you know it's like disney princesses and mutants or superheroes can't have parents yeah because it makes them so vulnerable immediately lit with aquaman if she's doing (laughs) who bell ariel's mom ariel's mom (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry I'm immature, I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's not immature. That's weirdly that's, brilliant. That's like the best crossover I can imagine. Also, I'm picturing Adrian Grenier. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yes. From the Aquaman that never was from Entourage. Jason Momoa is the one, sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, are you having a Mahershala moment over there? Mahershala. It's like a cologne. Jason <laughs> the cologne. Should I really? How funny would it be if I fucking released a cologne oh, called Mahershala? Oh, <laughs> for like my, thirty different reasons. You like, do you want to rewind your life and go back yeah. to a time where that hadn't happened yet, <laughs> and maybe not make that choice? Yeah. All right. Finally, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Hmm. I feel like I always think of this one. Um, I think it would be, oh, reading really quickly. I'm very, mm. I love to read, but I wish I could read like, you know, oh. instant speed reading yeah. and actually absorb everything because there's so many books I need to read right now. And always, I mean, I don't know if you guys are big, like book, yes. like yeah. books next to your bed that you'll never get to people like I am. Yes. yes. Oh, why do we do that to ourselves? Because <laughs> yes. it's new and shiny. <laughs> yeah. like it's, it's so pretty. I dragged this. one back from the airport that literally added, like, it doubled the weight of my carry-on and oh, I was like, shit. no, 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 now that it's so heavy and I haven't pulled muscle because of it, I will read this book. Yeah. Nope. No. Nope. <laughs> Still sitting there. That's a commendable power. I like it. Yeah, what would yours be? Mine. So, oof, I have a lot. I know. I've always, I always what usually, is it today? Today, I usually answer, well, I'll tell you what I usually answer. I usually answer Rogue's power. Yes. Where I can absorb anybody else's power. But not, like, like undescribably, like, have no control over it. But Yeah. No, if you could also use them perfectly. Yeah, of course. And then you can teach them how to use it and then give it back. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. if I give it back. <laughs> <laughs> nah. That's the trade-off. I don't know. If Depends on if I back. like it. <laughs> Like, I kind of like to throw lightning balls up my hand. Like, I like it. How often would you be able to use that, though? Like, realistically. It's just like the book situation. Who cares if I'm going to read the book? I just want the power. Like, right. I'm just very pragmatic. I just want the catalog of power. This must be something in my child rearing, right? My parents were like, don't get a power unless you know exactly how you're going to use it. Don't buy a book unless you're going to read it. Don't waste. I don't care. You can bake muffins on your head. I'm like, you know what? I might need that one day. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe. I am not calling you when I need to clean out my apartment. Because that is exactly how I go through everything in my apartment. 
I'm like, oh, this half of T-shirt? You never know. I might need half you a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't know. You never know. It's a good rag. All right. What about you, Ben? Oh, man. That's a good one. Um, Nobody ever asked us, by the way. Thank you for asking. Yeah. No, I'm just curious. Some days I would go with teleportation because I hate flying, but I like going places. And so I just oh, want to yeah. get there. I'm you know? you on yeah. Bamf. And then yeah. other times I would go with like professorettes, like mind control and like mm-hmm. mind reading because I have nefarious plans. What are your nefarious plans? To rule the world. I mean, <laughs> well, you're well on your way. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do. That's every not night nefarious. Here. No. Are they nefarious? It, w- it would be if I was ruling the world. Really? Okay. <laughs> you what's know. your pitch? Me your world, real quick. Oof. Um. Yeah, I think Watch that might what you been. say. See, <laughs> he didn't expect you to be like, oh, so what? See, I no. will hold you to it. She'd be like, oh, yeah, what? I mean, I, no, I'm excited. Now I'm, I'm I'm about to come on board to this see, nefarious see, new world plan. See, the, so. the problem is that, okay, like if I was having mind control, I'd want, you know, world peace. But that would mean that I would have to be like, okay, you know, everyone just chill out. And that's not good. That's mind control. Though. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So. Whoa, what an interesting idea. If you could, could you. Chill, would you chill everyone out with your mind? Yeah, see, that's the thing because then you're controlling, you know, you're Honestly, not free will anymore. It's the same thing and mm. get out. Like you're putting them into a sunken place to chill them out, right? But you can only do it, you could do it to just some people. <laughs> but see, then, <laughs> then the people who didn't, you know, it, it's, it turned, yeah. Then there'll be a conspiracy, and then you have an uprising. They're like, we know that he's controlling half the population, and then it's going to be a problem. This is what's going to happen with AI, by the way, not to get too real, but this is fully what's going to happen eventually. Is that what happens? You don't build gonna... it super carefully. Oh. They'll just, you know. Yeah, I mean. You yeah. just gave me the most knowing look I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Elon Musk. It's, it's a problem waiting to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, you have survived, Brap. You survived the interview uh. segment. Thank you for joining like a us. Champ. Yeah, I mean, destroyed it. Please let the internet. I mean, I know you're not on Twitter. Or I'm anything. on Instagram. Okay, well, let them know where to find you at. At AW. Mm hmm. And you can talk all the shit you want on Twitter because I will not see it. <laughs> and you don't need my permission, but just keep doing what you're doing. I'm sure it's good stuff. I'm sure someone that pretends to be my friend will send it to me eventually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, saw this terrible thing someone said. Ugh, fuck them. Well, thanks so much. Right, I wouldn't have seen me. that otherwise. Um, I'm on AW. Uh, if um, if it sounds like if you go to horizonsnational.org and it looks like a program you could use in your hometown, if you feel like your school system is underserving a certain subset of your population by any chance, email me at allisonloveshorizons at gmail.com. That's two L's, A-L-L-I-S-O-N. And we will get into trying to start a program in your town. What we need are the following ingredients. Private schools. Rich mm-hmm. people. Kids in need. That's it. All right. That's all cool. we need. So just let me know if you feel like, you know, some your kids or your little siblings or whatever it is are being or people you even know. Or if you have a if you go to a private school that's really wealthy and is empty during the summer, please email me. Let me know. Mm. Um, We'll get on it because that's the way our country gets better. We have to get smarter. Yeah, because they're trying to make us much dumber. So well, yeah, yeah. Shouts I mean, to ben like yeah. they just have to. Um, they oh my god, that meme. Shouts to, <laughs> <laughs> shouts to the oh guys, homegirl. Oh my god, I can't. Kathy even say DeVos. Her name. Yeah. 
Uh, homegirl. I believe the only time she's ever homegirl. <laughs> home home That's what when I can't remember. These no, I know. Women but in names. this situation, it's particularly funny. He's picturing her and then hearing hey, homegirl. Home <laughs> no, really not that good. type of homegirl. Yeah. Not that type of homegirl. Not the one you ever bring home. No, no. <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Thank so you much so for much. Me. All right, fan bros, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back to wrap up this episode. Hey, this is Sean from No Totally, and when I am not listening to my own podcast, I listen only to The Fanbro Show. Uh, hi, bye. Hi. No, hi. Bye. <laughs> Just cut that last part out. I don't know what the fuck happened there. And welcome back, fan bros. I know you enjoyed that right there. Big shout-outs to Allison Williams for coming through. Mm, that was beautiful. That, that, that. That was incredible. I, I know that, you know, I'm going to be catching all kind of heat like we always do. So make sure you hit us both up at DJ Ben. I mean, at Tatiana King. Hit up at Fanbro Show as well on Twitter, on Instagram, all that good stuff. Leave your comments. You know, let us know what you think of all that fantasticness right there. But now it is time for Tech Talk with Tatiana. And this week in tech news, it's some very crazy, messed up, but very important stuff going down this week. The biggest thing right now is the House Republicans just voted to pretty much wipe away our online privacy protections across the board. This is a direct attack on the Obama era rules that protected the online privacy of you and me. It's really effed up because this is literally a deregulization of the internet. Right now, or what was passed by Obama during this that his time was lots of legislation, particularly um, led by the FCC, where you had things like net neutrality, which um, protected internet traffic by making basically saying that all internet traffic is equal and not allowing companies like your ISP, your internet service providers, companies like AT&T, Verizon, Comcast, stopping them from doing things like charging different rates to allow people to get connectivity to your site, for instance. So, for example, Amazon's a huge company, billions of dollars. If Amazon wanted you to be able to get to their site over your own little e-commerce site they could do that they'd be able to pay for faster connection more consistent connection things like that whereas someone who didn't have that money or didn't have that access would not be able to do that and then they would be deprioritized in effect so basically it would affect things you can see online it affects the speed at which you could see things and that's just the half of it what this vote did um, was kind of like the second step in a way to, again, dismantle our online privacy protections. What that means is um, they are wanting to do away with the limits that were brought across to basically manage what companies could do with the information, our privacy information, our private information, such as our browsing habits, the way we use our apps, location data, social security numbers, lots of things that have we've been fighting for to keep control over and keep and, and, and limit the control of what companies can do with this data and who they can sell it to. Basically, the entire the government right now, Trump's government, Trump's Trump's government, excuse me, is is basically trying to wipe all of these protections away. The House voted to get rid of these and 
they basically expect Trump to sign this legislation into law. And what that happens is you can have people or companies like AT&T decide that they want to sell your personal and your financial information for ads. And that is not only just, uh, uh, let's say, from, from the most basic standpoint, a boundary crosser. It is wild disrespectful. It is not the spirit of the Internet whatsoever. And it's just, a, to me, it, it's not just a petty swipe against the Obama administration. It literally affects everybody, anybody that used the Internet in the U.S., and then it's also a slippery slope because then it can start more trouble for us in the future. So, Ben, with that little bit of information I shared, what what do you think about that? I think it's completely effed up because, in in fact, the net neutrality, that was the first time that I ever really got involved in, like, Internet mm-hmm. uh, politics where I was actually, you know, joining campaigns and, you know, leaving signatures and even calling up the Senate people and the Republicans and, I mean, whoever, basically. Because at that time, even during Obama, it was, like, net neutrality was really close to being eliminated. So, or right. passed. Yeah, it was, mean, a hu- it was huge. Like, Google and all the big, big... Uh, excuse me, tech companies, they were campaigning um, to, to, to you know, like, it was a huge thing for what, like the three years ago, two, two, three years ago. The thing about this is that it gives all the power to corporations and it just pushes further the general understanding that the world is not ruled by governments, but by corporations, because all of these moves being made are to enrich these huge giants and give them even more routes to make more money at your expense. And by your, I mean, everybody that uses the internet. And I, I'm not sure if people really, really understand the impact of this, of the vote and then the upcoming um, Trump about potentially signing this into law. But like, you really should have to, you really should educate yourself on this. You can, one, just Google to learn more about it. Just just all you have to type in is um, you can type in net neutrality or you can type in um, FCC, Internet privacy, things like that. You, it'll all come up. But one other thing you should start learning how to do is learning ways you can hide your Internet traffic. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. And of course, as usual, it also disproportion- disproportionately affects on a, on an economic level, lower income people, because a lot of the ways that uh, we're going to share that you can try to get around and promote your own privacy online, a lot of people can't necessarily afford it. Mm. So, like, again, it's just like it, 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 it's just an attack on the general public at so many different levels and also not just. Uh, like the economic level, also the technical level. A lot of this stuff you got to do like VPNs and tour. People don't know how to use any of that shit. And not that you can't learn, but there's certain people who just, they just can't. Is your grandmother about to learn how to use tour? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And finally, I don't, oh, Elon, Elon Musk. He is, the, he's starting, the, he's really jump-starting the beginning of the end at this point. He is involved with a startup called Neuralink. And this startup is developing direct cortical interfaces in a way to connect your brain basically with computers. So think like the Borg, Ghost in the Shell, to degree the Matrix, ways where you can 
download information, upload memory, shit like that. Like, like, like the real, real sketchy shit you're going to have to be careful for in the future. I told y'all this was coming. I told y'all. You ready to be plugged up, Ben? Nah, not at all. <laughs> nah, I'm good on that, B. Nah. I'm, I'm, I'm good on that whole trip right there. Nah, be safe, though. Nah, it's um, funny. It's yeah. funny because Elon has said himself in several times, he was just like, oh, we got to be careful not to give computers too much power and blah, blah, blah. Like he was dead ass. He was just like, we really got to monitor how we are integrating ourselves with digitized worlds and and how much, uh, uh, I guess, power we're giving to the computers. And he's doing it now. Mm, yeah, well, know. be safe, though. Bitch, out some tax stone. Hold your head, be <laughs> Because, nah, I'm good on all that. I mean, just the whole thing with AI is such a problem right now because it's so many companies just independently developing their own thing. And and failing uh, or having a lot of problems, i.e. Yeah. Uber and their, yep. their automated, their auto-driving cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's definitely going to be a while's off. But, you know, shouts to Elon Musk. Uh, I don't know about that one, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can keep that, bro. Well, mm-hmm. Here's Man. to that chip implant in your brain, and that's this week in Tech News. Big shouts to Chico Leo out there. You know, I know he can't wait for that one. <laughs> you know, he's like screaming. <laughs> I know he like lost his mind when he read that. Like, oh my God, I fucking told you guys about this. <laughs> you know how he reacts. He like flips all the way out. <laughs> all the way out. Shouts to D Chico Leo. Make sure you hit him up on the Twitters and all that good stuff and listen to him on Scream Squad. Dropped a new episode this week, didn't they? Yes, yes they, they did. did. Along with the Outlaw Bars, man. It's just been a popping week in Fan Bros Show. And you know what else is popping this week, boy? It's comics. I can't. Nice. Yes. Yep, yep. And me and Tatiana both picked up the Bitch Planet trade. And I've actually picked up the first issue of this joint and then never got back to it. I've been waiting for the trade. Trade finally dropped, picked it up, and it's fire. Like, Ooh, I haven't opened yeah. mine up yet. Like, we literally bought it like two days ago. I haven't mm-hmm. opened mine yet. Oh, yeah. I'm like halfway through it right now. And Bitch Planet, like, you know, I've been hearing the reviews and raves. For those who don't know, Bitch Planet is basically about what the title says. There's a planet that is named. It's named something else as like a correctional facility. It's a future where patriarchy has basically just completely taken over America and the world. And any woman who is uh, dissident or does non-compliant is what they're called is sent off to the bitch planet where it's, you know, a huge planet that is a prison. And so the story follows, you know, characters who were at this planet. And it's very interesting, very dope. If you haven't heard about it by now, you know, I'm putting my full weight behind it. Definitely go pick up the trade. Joint's only 10 bucks, So it's a great entry point to into those series. And just a very dope, dope series. Like, I, I mean, people have been raving about Bitch Planet. I was raving about it when it dropped. But definitely go check that out if you don't know about it yet. Also, from last week that I forgot to mention was Exo Man of War number one from Valiant Comics. And Valiant always does really dope stuff. Exo is a comic about this barbarian who gets a suit of armor like Iron Man, like a super suit of armor. But it's the super armor is actually sentient and it comes from an alien race. It's a long story. Ooh. Yeah, but at this point. Cool 
Oh, it's, oh, Etzel has been dope as hell for years, but they've done a new storyline where it starts off with a new issue one. He's on another alien planet. He used to be on Earth, but now he's on this alien planet. He, he's not really messing with the armor, and so he's involved in this war on this planet, but eventually he has to get the armor back, and it's a 12-issue year-long series that's like this whole big event thing that they're doing with Etzel. So I love the first issue, so definitely check that out if you're not reading it valiant in general i always say that is one of those comic companies that people really sleep on but consistently for like the last three years has been putting out dope stuff so definitely check that out if you're not as well animosity number six uh, you know i ran a rave about animosity it's dope go check it batgirl annual is really good yo it features a crossover with supergirl and it's just a dope ass story man oh, batgirl, wow, yeah, batgirl and supergirl team up for a mission really dope Features another story in the back of it. I didn't get to read that yet, but just the first story alone made me want to recommend that joint, yo, for real. Like, pick that joint up. The Bad Girl Annual is really dope. And X-Men Prime. Uh, nah. I mean, it's, okay, it's one of those things. X-Men Prime is setting up the new Steam whatever set of the X-Men, you know, universe. So it's like, if you are a fan of the X-Men and you want to know what's going on with all these new titles they're about to launch off, you should pick it up. If you're not, then it's not really, you know, if you're already a fan, then you probably already know what's going to go on and you really don't need to. But if you're not a fan of X-Men and you're thinking about getting into them, check it out. It features a story with Kitty Pride and Storm, and they basically go over, you know, what's happening in, in the whole X-Men universe, like what's been happening and what's about to happen. So it's cool for that. But, you know, I just have not been feeling what Marvel has been doing with the X-Men over the last four, five, six, seven, eight, nine years. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not been working for me. So, but if you're a fan of them, you know, check it out. And I think that's it this week for Comic Psychop. Yeah, definitely. That's it. Like I say, Bitch Planet Trade, pick up that Exo Man Award. They're sending out more of the first printing. So pick it up before it goes to second printing. And Animosity 6, and I'm my full weight. I'm loving that Batgirl joint, yo, for real. It's just a dope-ass story with, you know, two women that's it's live. Batgirl and Supergirl. Can't be more mad at that or anything. Nah. Cool beans. And in some real quick news this week, yo, the It trailer dropped, and fuck that movie right off the bat, yo. Fuck so, it. Oh, you one of the scared ones, right? No, but I told that story on Fanbro's show before about it. Oh, yeah, right? about the uh, sewer, right? Yes, about the sewer. And they yes. had the sewer scene in the damn trailer to start it off. Well? Yeah. Listen, I I very vaguely remember it besides, like, the general premise of the clown and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I didn't ever, like, saw it firsthand. I saw it, like, well after the fact. And I think I was a teenager, too. And... I was watching it with somebody. I'm like, this shit is crazy. I'm not really, I'm not particularly a horror fan, so I don't believe in stuff like that or mm-hmm. get scared from stuff like that. But I, I, I recognize the influence and where it stands in the, in the, the chronicles of horror movies. I know that's definitely something that Jamie Rigetti and Chico Leo has talked about on mm-hmm. the Scream Squad. So whether you are a horror fan or not, I definitely say listen to that sister podcast, a fan bro show because. They really go in and explain like all of the different tropes and themes and horror. But yes, the it trailer. It's, yeah, it's it. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. Like I mean, like I said, I don't. I'm not the horror person. I'm like, okay, cool remake. You, you are you just scared? What is it? 
No, no, I'm not the like scared of stuff like that, like that. Like I even love certain horror films. Like I really loved um, It Follows, even though I didn't think it was as great as everybody ran and raved about. The one I really loved in the last few years was uh, was it The Possessed? What's the one with the doll that spawned all of them? Oh, oh, damn, man! You talking to the wrong person? (laughs) You need to talk to Combat Jack about that. Yeah, I can't even remember the damn name of that movie, but no, it looks scary. I, I this is something I'm not ready to see in theaters. I'm good on all that. Also, the Valerian. <laughs> so you scared? So you scared? Just say it. Like that's what it is. If you scared, say you scared. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, but what does the dope? And you know, we got to go to a special little screening of it. Was the Valerian trailer, yo? Fire. Sorry. Yeah. What the hell was that? <laughs> <laughs> That elbow fell. Uh, sorry. Right, uh, I guess I have to edit that. Hold on. Let me say. Let me do this again. Wait, do we want to mention the Valerian chart? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, because this came out publicly. Yep. All right. But you don't know what does look dope is the Valerian trailer. Me and Tatiana mm-hmm. got to a, go to a special screening of it with the homie Dane. Yes, yeah, days ago. So we've been seeing it and we had yeah. to keep quiet. Yep. And, you know, that shit looked fire. Well, I mean, what can you say? You know, it's like, you know, Luke Besson. You know, Luke Besson, yes. I, and, and it's also one of the producers of the movie is his wife. I mm-hmm. I really, I thought it looked amazing. Like, yeah. it reminded me of just everything. It reminded me of Fifth Element and Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, Star Wars. And I, it reminds me of so many different things. And... Because I had to learn a little bit more about Valerian, I I, I, dis- I studied up on it and realized a lot of your favorite properties, including Star Wars, were all influenced by Valerian. Mm-hmm. And that, it, that was what was so wild to me because I was just like, yo, I didn't even know. I mean, there's always is, but I didn't really know there was like a precursor to all that. So it, it's if you haven't seen it, I definitely say it. And you have known nothing about what Valerian is. Look it up. It's 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 basically these two space time, I want to call them cops, but enforcers, and they're basically very basic. They're basically yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna give like because there's a lot of story there, but but on the most basic level, they are protecting space time to make sure that people don't try to alter the space time continuum, try to make changes, do too many jumps into different places on the timeline because apparently that causes problems so that's the very small piece of the story it's a huge huge world i believe they said it was 28 store 29 stories and this one is this at least the film adaptation will just be the entryway into possibly more films yeah and valerian is actually luke he's been waiting his whole life to do this he's been a fan yeah. of the comics since he was like 12 years old and so Fifth Element, everything he's done before this has basically been leading up to this. And he's putting it all into it. And the, I mean, like we said, it looks crazy dope. The trailer in 3D looks even better than what you all see on TV right now. So, you know, we're looking forward to this. We'll definitely be there. And, yo, Tatiana, you got to tell me about this other news right here, because this is like something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, something you know, you really do learn something new every day. So <laughs> I actually knew about this before. this. Oh, you did. I yep. did not. Yep. So Lionsgate is calling on Highlander creator, there can only be one, Gregory Wyden, to do the scripts on the first Black Samurai. Mm. So the script, guess what the title is, Ben? Black Samurai. There you go. Wow. 
like black lightning wow <laughs> i don't know if that's going to be the final name that's what everyone's using right now so the script for black samurai will be written by gregory wyden or Widen, and i apologize if i am butchering his name it's going to be an action drama grounded in the historical tale of yasuke yasuke mm-hmm. i believe it's yep. yasuke yep. i think it is he is purported to be the first black samurai to serve as a warlord in Japan. He has many different origin stories. He lived in the mid 1500s, but this was a real person. Yep. And, it's the same one that I knew about. He was yeah. brought over as a slave and like the emperor or, or somebody was like just so enamored with him because they'd never seen a black man. And he was like yeah. this giant dude who could just handle anyone. So they just loved him so much. And so they... T- like bought him off whoever had brought him over and he learned Japanese, et cetera, et cetera, and eventually became a samurai. Exactly. And that is what you just expressed is the story that they're going with Ooh. for the writing. So I just I just wanna see how or if they actually tackle the the underlying pieces of that. So the slave trade. Mm-hmm. The uh, cause did he come he came over from Rome, right? Or Spain? I believe it's wrong, or maybe both, but I want to I want to show make sure that they sh- they hit that part, the the slave trade, the the colorism part, the the idea of the um, gaijin, the people outsiders that come over to Japan. Like I I, I think this is gonna be hot. Like I had no idea this person even existed, and to see that I'm like, yo, that shit is fire. So I. I Again, I just hope they don't embarrass themselves with this one because this is a, a very easy way to embarrass yourself and not res- put respect on the dude's name. But let's see what happens. <laughs> Word up, yo. You better put some respect on Yasuke's name. Hopefully, we didn't just butcher it right there. But, you know, if that's we did, what we your on this show. No, no, I mean, always bitch shout outs to No Totally for inventing the whole butchering thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> bitch shout outs to him for that. <laughs> Word up. I'd never butcher a name without him. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to come back on you. Watch. You're going to hear it. You're going you gonna to get something. Hey, bring it. Yeah, no, we do. This is Fan Bros Show. So is there anything else before we get out of here, Tatiana? Make sure you say to Paramount what the fuck is up with your Mission Control TV show. That was Originally and always scripted to be for a Latina lead and a black male lead, and now is being held by two white people, or starred Ninja. by two white people. Then ninjas get washed every day, B. I, I guess. But besides that, listen, we're going to talk about this all day, every day on the timeline, all day, every day online. We're going to let the people know, and we're going to make sure that. The certain people who need to be told about themselves or get told about themselves. In the meantime, in more brighter news, make sure you are going to lootcrate.com slash fanbros using the code fanbros to save on your Loot Crate subscription. Always some dope shit in the Loot Crate. We, in fact, we have uh, unboxing dropping either tomorrow or sometime this week, hopefully. But we will have um, very soon a new unboxing video with the new crate for this month. Always dope shit. Definitely make sure you check it out and make sure you get your loot crate. Word up. And also go check out Orphan Black the Game on iOS, on your app store. You know, go pick that up. It's real cheap and, you know, really dope game. We'll actually be talking about it soon. We finally got our codes for that joint. Mm-hmm. So we'll let you know, you know, what we think personally of it, of course. But from what I've seen, I'm loving it. So 
get up on that. Fan 